Joining me now for today's first underreported segment is Hassam Bagat, the founder and director of the Egyptian Initiative for Personal Rights. His organization works to protect the rights of Egyptians, particularly the religious freedoms of the country's minorities. He received the Alison Deforge Award for Extraordinary Activism from Human Rights Watch earlier this week, and I'm very pleased to welcome him to our show. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. What are the biggest challenges to personal rights in Egypt today? Um, there are many of them, but um, uh, the biggest, I would say, is the state of emergency, which has been declared in Egypt since 1981, um, since President uh, Mubarak came to power and uh, is still in place, and which effectively suspends the, most of the constitutional protections for civil liberties and civil rights in the country and gives um, um, unlimited powers to the executive authority and particularly to the security apparatus of the Mubarak regime. So for 29 years, the, the country has lived in a, a kind of martial law excuse for uh, being more totalitarian than it might be otherwise? Of course. It's typical of authoritarian regimes. Um, there are many excuses that are um, uh, used to justify um, suppression of civil liberties and human rights. Sometimes it's national security and sometimes it's the protection of public order or religion or public morality. Your organization recently launched a campaign against sectarianism. Has there been an increase in sectarian violence in recent months? Yes, our reporting and our documentation is actually pointing to very worrying directions. Um, we uh, continue to be um, concerned about the rise in sectarian polarizations uh, between Muslims and Christians in society, the rise in sectarian tensions. Uh, but more concretely, in terms of um, violence, uh, we continue to document the increasing frequency of sectarian violence incidents, um, the expansion in the geographic reach, and the continued failure by the government to prosecute and um, convict those um, responsible for such violence. Is part of the tension the result of attempts to keep the government relatively secular? No, we believe that um, there are many reasons um, that have led to this. Part of it is that there are many laws in Egypt and policies that discriminate on account of um, a citizen's religion or belief. Um, there is also obviously um, long-term discrimination and um, injustice, a general sense of injustice that contributes to um, this polarization. And there is the failure by the government for the last four decades to adequately respond to violence against um, uh, religious minorities, particularly against uh, the Coptic Christian community in Egypt, uh, which, of course, um, encourages the perpetuation and, and the, the continuation of this, um, of this problem without um, any accountability. Well, the, the, the country has a Sunni majority. So uh, you, you talked about the Coptics, but also the Shiites, the Baha'is. I don't know if there are any... Uh, if there's a sizable Jewish population that remains in Egypt, are all of them under attack? Um, basically, we have not yet, I mean, despite the fact that the Constitution protects the right to equality before the law, protects um, uh, the right to freedom of religion and creed, unfortunately, um, the state is not neutral when it comes to a citizen's um, religious beliefs. And uh, the kind of discrimination that we document and that we fight, um, of course, the largest uh, target of such discrimination is the Coptic Christian community because it's the largest and because it's 10% of the population 
and the largest Christian community in the Middle East. Uh, but such discrimination um, also affects uh, the Baha'i community um, as an unrecognized religious community in Egypt, and even minorities within the Muslim faith itself, as you mentioned, the Shia Muslims, who uh, some of whom are currently in detention under the state of emergency without charge or trial solely on account of their religious beliefs. Uh, but even um, those who are Sunni Muslims but who um, believe or advocate different interpretations than mainstream Islam are sometimes prosecuted under an, an infamous provision in our penal code that criminalizes the so-called defamation of religions or contempt of religions. And that's what happened with those five Shiite Muslims. They are being held for showing contempt for parts of the Sunni religious practice. That is correct. The way that this um, um, abusive pro uh, provision in, of our penal code is interpreted by the security apparatus, by the State Security Intelligence Service, is basically simply by holding views that differ from the views of the majority. One could be accused of showing contempt for the views of the majority, and that is a crime punishable with five years in prison. Now, you mentioned uh, the violence against the Coptic Christians. Is that uh, from the government or is this from, uh, from uh, Muslim extremists? No, it is primarily communal violence, unfortunately. I mean, in the 1990s, um, the situation was also bad, but at least the type of violence, the source of violence, was only extremist organizations. Whereas right now, unfortunately, there is a rise of uh, communal violence where neighbors um, attack the houses of their own neighbors. And the, the reason for this could be, you know, either um, uh, objection by people to the construction or expansion of a church in their village or in their town. Uh, it could be, um, um, you know, over an, an interfaith uh, affair or marriage between a Muslim and a Christian and, um, you know, a sort of um, um, a violent reaction uh, to that affair um, on account of, uh, of uh, you know, the notion of honor, uh, so-called honor. And, uh, and it could be just a simple argument, you know, that because of the polarization and tensions in society escalates within seconds to, um, you know, engulf an entire street or an entire neighborhood or an entire town where, you know, all the um, homes and property and places of worship of Christians are pelted, sometimes set on fire, uh, simply on account of a mistake or even a rumor that um, a mistake has been committed by one Christian individual. Oh, in January, six Coptic Christians were killed in a drive-by shooting, and that got a lot of attention. Why that rather than any number of incidents? I think um, this was a shock to um, Egyptian society. I mean, if there is anything positive that came out of this tragic um, incident is really, I mean, the timing of the place. You know, this was uh, on the um, uh, January 7th, uh, which is the uh, uh, Coptic Christmas Eve. Um, the victims of, um, of uh, this heinous crime um, were, um, you know, young people in their early 20s who were, you know, on Christmas Eve walking out of church um, in um, you know, um, a town in the south of Egypt, the town of Naga Hamadi, um, and it, I think the, the the large number of uh, victims, their young age, and the timing of such a um, you know of a, a holiday uh, really came as a shock, um, and it's something that we have been warning about for uh, for a long time. Uh, now, the uh, one positive.
positive development is that the government has actually arrested the three suspects um, in these shootings and um, is currently prosecuting them. Unfortunately, they are being prosecuted before an emergency court that does not afford the defendants a fair trial, which sort of distracts from you know the core of this issue because it does not afford the defendants their full rights. But nonetheless, we welcome the fact that they are being prosecuted, but we think much more needs to be done in order to respond to um, uh, violent incidents that take place, but also to preempt such violence by introducing educational reforms, by, by using the media, by um, you know, stressing the, the notion of equal citizenship and peaceful coexistence. I'm talking to Hassan Bagat, the founder and director of the Egyptian Initiative for Personal Rights. This is WNYC, WNYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Al-Qaeda recently issued a threat against the Coptic Christians. But were you surprised when Muslim leaders and even the Muslim Brotherhood said uh, that uh, that was a bad idea, that it's an attack on national unity? No, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. You know, Egypt um, is a is a very old country, and uh, and you know, um, the problem of sectarian tensions and and sectarian violence in Egypt is not an old problem. It is something that you know, in in its current manifestation, at least, we only know it um, since the early 1970s, and. Part of the reason that it escalated to such disturbing levels is that the government failed to respond to this uh, problem when it first started. But nonetheless, we believe that this course could be reversed um, because, you know, unlike many other countries in the region, Muslims and Christians in Egypt have always lived together. Um, they, um, they have, you know, on, on a daily basis, there are no problems. I mean, the situation is not that of, um, you know, um, constant hostility or constant violence. And so we believe that this is still manageable. Um, and part of you know, the hope that we have is that more religious leaders will speak out against sectarianism. And this is what we are trying to achieve by our campaign, is uh, to try and, and um, educate the public more about the scourge of sectarianism, but also to warn them that it is not just the violence and the torching of homes and the, you know, the attacks on worshippers that we should be afraid of, but even the daily um, um, you know, incidents and dealings when, you know, um, you know, a Muslim family would only buy their grocery from uh, from a Muslim vendor or when, a, you know, a Christian patient could only go to a Christian dentist. You know, we are uh, seeing this increasingly in our society. And these are new phenomena that, um, that you know, are, are not, this is not an age-old problem. And so through, um, you know, TV ads and through, um, you know, using Facebook and using uh, a special blog and communicating with with young people online, we are hoping to um, mobilize enough um, outrage against uh, this um, increasing problem in our society and uh, to to build um, you know a, 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 a constituency of people who strongly believe that the only way forward the only way we can have you know we, uh, social justice and civil liberties and democracy is that if Muslim and Christian Egyptians uh, join forces and stand up against injustice that affects all sectors of society without discrimination. Well, this is not unique to Egypt. There was an attack on a Christian church in Baghdad over the weekend. And the Baha'is, I mentioned them earlier, they have uh, been uh, under attack in Iran. In 2008, the Egyptian Baha'is won a case against the Interior Ministry, and your organization took up the case for them. They were being prohibited from getting identification cards? 
Yes, I mean, this is one of the examples where actually the problem is not society and is not communal tension, but when the problem is, you know, there is an authoritarian government um, that um, uh, is constantly trying to bolster its legitimacy by, you know, portraying itself as, you know, a guardian of religion or a guardian of morality. So suddenly the Baha'is who have lived in Egypt as full citizens for over a hundred years, suddenly uh, the government decided in 2004 that they will no longer be um, allowed to, um, you know, get identity cards and birth certificates, which are documents that are absolutely necessary for, you know, almost all, um, uh, you know, access to any service in uh, Egypt or, or, um, uh, you know, registration of children, um, schooling, um, uh, employment, access to health, opening a bank account, and both identity cards and birth certificates in Egypt must indicate um, the religious affiliation of citizens, which is something that, of course, we object to. Um, But Baha'is suddenly were told that they could either um, misrepresent themselves as Muslim, Christian, or Jewish, because these are the only three religions recognized by the state, or forfeit the right to these basic and necessary and mandatory documents. We challenged the government on this, and after five years of, um, you know, fighting, and this is an issue on which we produced a joint report with Human Rights Watch, we uh, won a court case eventually and um, um, managed to overturn this abusive policy. Parliamentary elections are scheduled to take place later this month. Has the government been cracking down in the lead-up to the vote? Um, yes, I mean this was expected, and um, you know this is a very important time in the in the modern political history of Egypt. You know we have an aging president, um, and um, uh, who is not in great health, and we have presidential elections next year, and we have very important parliamentary elections that will produce the parliament that will play a major role in choosing um, the candidate um, for the presidential elections next year. And as expected, the government um, in the lead up to these national. Elections, elections on November 28th this year have started uh, to, you know, violently repress all peaceful political protests, um, um, you know, put pressure on independent media outlets um, and impose new censorship um, measures on on these outlets, Uh, in addition, of course, to the, uh, you know, routine um, roundups of peaceful political activists and the abduction of um, independent uh, dissidents uh, for a few days as a a tactic of intimidation in the lead-up to these elections, in addition um, definitely to, you know, the refusal to allow international monitors for the election and the the difficulties faced by domestic civil society monitors um, uh, to um, observe their function in monitoring the conduct of the government on election day. I've been talking about protecting human rights in Egypt on today's first underreported segment with Hassam Bagat, who is the founder and director of the Egyptian Initiative for Personal Rights, which uh, fights for on a number of different freedoms, freedoms of belief, right to health care, right to privacy and violence and bodily integrity. He is the winner of the Allison DeForge Award for Extraordinary Activism from the Human Rights Watch, given to him earlier this week. Thank you so much. Thank you. 